Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Just think about this. What if you prayed regularly every day, Lord, I want to do what you gifted me to do. And Lord, I'm not going to stop praying this until I find myself in that place where you've gifted me and I'm using it and I'm loving the body of Christ through the gifts that you've given me. And I mean, your life would change so dramatically because the greatest joy in life is doing what God created you to do. It's not necessarily a lot of other stuff that we're forced to do, right? I mean, I remember having to do homework with my teenage boys and I hated it. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I love children, but I hated doing their homework with them because they were like, can you just do it? No, you need to do it. Well, it'll be a lot faster if you did it, Dad. I know, but I'm not into fast speed. You need to learn how to do it. Well, I can just play dumb and you can get upset, <laughs> like, uh, right? I mean, so, uh, but there are, there are a lot of things you're going to do in life that you don't like. I guarantee you, when you do what God's gifted you to do, it's a joy, right? I see ladies in the nursery with the babies changing their diapers, and they're just smiling. Oh, I love it. And I'm like, I don't know if I love that. I mean, so, all right, but whatever God's called you to do. And, you know, I sit in my office and study for hours upon hours and hours, and there are people like, you read all these books? I mean, there are people like, they hate books. Like, I don't want to read all these books. I'm like, I love to read. I love to learn, right? But here's the thing. You just need to know that everybody's different, right? And you need to pray and say, Lord, what did you create me to do? Because as you go through life, you're going to do a lot of stuff, but at the end, what's only going to matter is what you do for the Lord, right? The only thing that's going to matter at the end of your life is what you've done for God. And, and that's why he tells us in 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. That means use it, serve other people with it as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And again, it, it, talking about just doing what God's gifted you to do. And we should see ourselves the way God sees us, right? God sees you as a unique, special person. He made for a purpose and has a plan. And we went over that on Sunday, so we're going to move on. Verse 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision, uncircumcised by what he called the circumcised circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And so he's saying, you know, you were Gentiles. That just means non-Jew. And Gentiles knew nothing about the Messiah, knew, had no hope, right? And he's saying, that's where we were before we had no hope of the future. I mean, if I wasn't a believer and I watched the news every day, I, I would be depressed, sad, and suicidal. And so in Romans 10, 14, he says, but how shall they know, uh, how shall they ask him uh, to save them unless they believe him? And how can they believe in him that they've never heard about him, and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? In other words, how can people know about God's love and God's grace? Just like we didn't know, someone had to tell us. We need to tell someone. You need to tell someone. And, you know, as you look at the world and say, yeah, we're living in the end times and things are crazy, it doesn't mean that you need to buy a dehydrator and start, you know, buying Mormon dehydrated beans and filling your garage with it. What it means is, you need to be praying for the coworkers and neighbors and people who are unsaved and get them saved, right? You need to tell as many people as you can before you get saved. Now, there's nothing wrong with, you know, 
being ready for a disaster. I think that's a good thing. Guns and bullets are always good. And, you know, I, I like watching that prepper show from time to time. But it just seems so foolish in some senses because, you know, when it all goes down, we're all, you know, it's going to go down, right? And, and ultimately, you want to take as many people to heaven with you as you can, right? I want to focus my effort on helping people who don't know Jesus to come into the kingdom, right? And so your coworkers, your neighbors, right, your, your family members, you want to pray for them. You want to invite them to church because there's no hope without it, right? And it is really why I believe why society is so confused and lost because they don't know Jesus, right? Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So how were you brought near to God? By the blood of Christ. And verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. And, and so, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles are equal in God's eyes. But back then, the Jews saw the Gentiles as being, you know, just, you know, food for the fire of hell. In Colossians 3.10, he said, uh, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is in all and in all. So uh, that in God's eyes, we're all the same. But God wants us to care about everyone and, and, and share his grace with as many people as we can. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is, the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two and thus making peace. And so the Jews and the Gentiles hated each other, and, but when a person is born again, you're a new person, right? So he reconciled them that now we don't hate people, we love people. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In other words, that we're new people, right? You're not the person that you used to be. And as we grow, we continue to grow. We continue to change. The old man was, you know, put to death, and now we walk in the Spirit by faith. And so that's why he tells us in Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all people, right? That the new person is a person who wants to love people and be at peace with people. And, and when you think about the change, like, you know, after I got saved, I didn't want to fight with people. I mean, you know, I had a lot of friends that got saved. They used to like to fight. And when they got saved, they didn't want to fight with people. I had friends that really liked to fight for fun. And, and then God changes us on the inside. In Matthew 5, 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemak peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So um, that Latin word uh, blessed is beatus, where we get the word beatitude, right? And, and it means, you know, uh, a divine joy or perfect happiness, right, in, in being a peacemaker. And so th there's this change inside where our desires are different, the outcome is different. In 1 Peter 4, 8, he says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. So when you love someone, you give them grace, right? My wife, we've been married for 37 years. I love her. So she could do anything she wants to anything I own. Like if I like something, my guitar, isn't that a beautiful guitar? She could put a big scratch down it and I love her, so I'm okay with it. You mean you're not going to strangle her? Nope. Why not? Because I love her more than the guitar, right? I mean, and because God wants me to love all people more than stuff, right? And, but sometimes people get so upset about their stuff, right? And, and, and yet God wants us to love people. In John 13, 35, it says, By this we will know that you are uh, my disciples if you have love for one another, right? So loving people is the most important thing. It's above everything else as it relates to what God wants us to do. He wants us to love people. That's why he wants you to use your gift to love people, to serve people, to help people. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting uh, to death uh, the enmity. And he came to preach peace 
to you who were afar off and to those who are near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So through Jesus, we're brought into the family of God. We can come to the Lord anytime we want and talk to him. First Timothy 2.5 says, And there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So you don't have to go to a priest. You can go directly to God. Verse 19, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So what is the foundation of the apostles and prophets? Well, remember Jesus said in Matthew 7, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains, the sand, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So when you build your house on the rock, what is that? It's obeying the word of God. It's doing it. Not just knowing it, not just coming to church and, and hearing stuff, but, but doing it, knowing it. And when we build our lives on the word of God, when the storms of life come, we're not going to be wiped out. And I see it all the time. I see people at church who have tragedy strike in their lives, and when their foundation is the Lord, you know what? They continue on. But I also see people that just fall apart, right, because they're built on the sand. And so, so important that you know God's word, that you know the truth, that God's word is is in your mind, that it leads you and guides you. When you pray, Lord, should I make this decision, that decision, right? Lord, should I buy this house? And, and the Holy Spirit's like, well, can you afford that house? Well, no, but what does that have to do with anything? Well, the Bible says, you know, and then, you know, there's just scriptures about those things, right? We're doing a small group on a financial peace about making good financial decisions, right? Or in your marriage, right? Lord, should I do this? Go out with my buddies, go camping for three weeks and leave my wife at home. Uh, and you're praying, Lord, and you ask your wife, what do you think about this, honey? That's terrible. I don't want you to do it. What does God want me to do? Oh, yeah, put my friends above my wife. No, that's not what the Bible says, right? The Bible says that you love your wife as Christ loved the church, that you would die for her, right? So that doesn't mean leave her and go camping with your buddies, right? But the truth is God's word gives us such wisdom and insight about every aspect of life. And, you know, a bunch of the small groups we're doing, th they talk about that, right? The marriage class talks about what does the Bible say about marriage and your relationship, the financial peace class, and, and most importantly, the parenting class. If you're a parent and you want to be a good parent, you need to build your house on the rock, right? You need to know what God's word says about parenting your children. And when you do, it's just so much better, right? I mean, my kids are all adults now, and um, I, I was telling somebody, we didn't know how to parent, so we just read the Bible. And what does the Bible say about parenting? And, and it's so good because people aren't doing it now, and there's a lot of problems. And, and so, but God loves you, and he wants to bless your life. So he's saying, hey, make God's word your foundation, right? In verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into the holy temple in the Lord, in whom you were also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So as a Christian, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying in verse 21, right? And so uh, 1 Corinthians 6 says it like this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So God wants to express himself through you. When you invite the Spirit in, you say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Lord, use my life. You're God's poem that other people are going to read. And I remember having people ask me at work, Bob, how come you don't cheat on your time card? And I said, well, because I'm a Christian now, and I don't think God wants me to lie and cheat. I think it's wrong. And they're like, but why? I'm like, well, because when, before I was a heathen, I didn't use those words, but I said, before I was a Christian, right, I lie and cheat and steal, no problem. But now I think God wants me to do what's right because God wants me to be honest and tell the truth. And they were just like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> you know? But God wants to use your life 
to be a book that people can read, his poem. So we're going to have to stop there because we're out of time. So, so let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we do thank you, God, that you saved us. And Lord, it had nothing to do with our worthiness, our goodness. And we're so thankful, Lord, that your word says that you who begun a good work in us, that you will see it through to completion. And so, Lord, we are so thankful that you're going to see us through. And we just look forward to what you have in store for us. Lord, help us to receive these truths tonight. And most importantly, Lord, help us to put them into practice. Help us to be doers of your word, not hearers only, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653 or visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day.